I'm Connie Ackeson, and this is Happiness, an Inside Job, episode number seven, Freedom of Decluttering. Welcome to Happiness, an Inside Job, the podcast for Christian women who are ready to stop hiding behind a mask of indecision and excuses and are ready to drastically upscale everything about their life. This podcast is for women who understand happiness is not dependent on anyone around us. Real happiness is found as we understand our thoughts and are willing to part with those that are not leading to desirable results in our life. Anything is possible if we are ready to give up habits that are comfortable and familiar and exchange those for habits that will really serve us as we go through a transformation to become our best future self. Hang on for the ride of your life as we explore how to make those changes happen one step at a time. This is Happiness and Inside Job, and I'm your host, Connie Ackeson. Welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to be back with you again. Recording these podcasts is the highlight of my week. I'd like to start off by saying thank you to everybody who's left me ratings and reviews. I really appreciate you. It's those ratings and reviews that gets this podcast shared with more people. Also, I'd like to let you know what's going on in my business. We've got um, a new Instagram account. It's the at sign, Connie Coaching, one word. So look for me on Instagram at Connie Coaching. Every day I post two or three new quotes or ideas or uplifting comments or honestly just any idea I can think of to help inspire us and keep us taking baby steps in the right direction. March 1st is coming up, so make sure you go to www.happiness-aninsidejob.com and check out the new Habit of the Month for March. Um, If you haven't started yet, go back and start with January and February. It's not too late. Make sure to leave comments about what things have really inspired you to be just a little bit better in your life. All right, with that, we're going to get started on today's podcast. Found this quote. It says, look around. All that clutter used to be money. The author of that quote is unknown, but the message is spot on. Imagine for a minute how wealthy we would be if we could take back every article of clothing we purchased and never even wore, every piece of food that molded in our fridge or expired before it was eaten, every good deal we found on sale, and every other item that is cluttering our house today and not being used. We might truly be sick if we had a realistic figure to answer that question. As we learn from easilyorganizedhome.com, the top five reasons people hold on to clutter are one, you never know when you're going to need it. Two, I paid good money for that. Three, a special someone gave it to me. Four, I don't know exactly what to do with it. I'm trying to figure it out. Five, I'm going to lose some weight and start wearing this again. Christina Chalice says, clutter is the physical manifestation of unmade decisions fueled by procrastination. What? It's pretty humbling to get called out on your own crap. Sometimes it's just got to happen. And Christina has hit the nail on the head. Me? Procrastinate? Unfortunately, it happens every day. Did you know everything you own takes up a spot in your brain? Whether or not you consciously think about it, it clutters your brain. You could call it brain noise. 
Noise is defined in the dictionary as input that is confusing to the main signal. So often we are like that hamster on the wheel, spinning and spinning, yet going nowhere. Whatever you do, just do something. There's a viral video circulating on the internet of an army sergeant talking about habits of successful people. He teaches that making your bed first thing is a step towards success. Could it really be that easy? Here's one thing I've learned. If you just make the bed, your brain has a success to focus on when you walk through the room. Just do something and choose to focus on success. This week, I returned home after helping my daughter for a week. When I came home, I felt like I had a huge backlog of things I needed to do. My front room was stacked full of fabric for a service project I committed to be in charge of. I had mail to sort through, a stack of work to complete for customers, and the list goes on and on. All these piles around my house felt overwhelming and daunting. There was a big mess everywhere I looked, even though my family worked hard to have the house picked up for me when I returned. I realized all these piles of stuff were like noise in my head. They were creating an input that was overwhelming. I didn't know where to start. Now, time management is a topic I'll discuss in a future podcast. For now, let's focus on that annoying clutter and how it confuses and causes unnecessary stress and anxiety. I can speak firsthand to how it affected me. Instead of enjoying the journey and getting things done one by one, I felt a huge load of anxiety as I crossed things off my to-do list one by one. I'm also embarrassed to say I was a little grumpy with people who were really trying hard to help me. Have I mentioned before how awesome my family is? They could see how overwhelmed I felt by my load and jumped right in to help. Now let's take a look at my situation and plug it into the magical model and see what was happening. My circumstance was that I had piles of stuff around my house. My thought was that each pile represents things I need to get done and I'm never going to be able to get it all done. My feeling was overwhelm, which led to a huge amount of anxiety. The actions I took were that I got some tasks done one at a time, but wasted a lot of time trying to get a clear action plan. Really, I was just kind of running in circles while I was being grumpy and overwhelmed, kind of like a hamster running on the wheel. The result I was getting is that I started a bunch of projects that I didn't really finish any of them. What? My thought that I couldn't get it all done became my reality, and I didn't. About midday, the trained life coach in me kicked into action. I recognized what my sneaky little brain was doing, and I made some changes. I started by apologizing to all those kind souls who were working so hard to help me, and then I made a plan. The top of my list was to create an intentional model that didn't include so much anxiety and stress. So my circumstance remained the same. I had piles of stuff all around my house. The thought that I chose was each pile represents things I want to do, and it's okay. By the way, that's one of my favorite intentional thoughts. Take whatever it is and add to the end, and it's okay. Adding that to the end of a statement is a game changer for me. I then realize that it's something I want to do. It's something that I choose and it's something that I can do. 
So my thought was, each pile represents things I want to do, and it's okay. Instead of creating feelings of overwhelm and anxiety, I chose to feel joy. The actions I took were that I began thanking those helping on the service project. I focused on how much I love my job. I organized piles one at a time and recognized how much I love throwing stuff away. In the end, the results I got were I got some of the things done as I went through the piles one at a time. Now, my house still isn't perfect, and I still have plenty of piles. The only thing that really changed were my thoughts about the uncompleted projects. I exchanged the thought, which left me feeling like a powerless victim, for a thought that gave me the power to change my results. Thoughts are a game changer, my friends. My whole life, I have struggled with anxiety, and it has only been recently that I have recognized my power to change my situation. The closer I manage my thoughts, the more I experience feelings I enjoy. I wish I could remember the source, but I once heard a podcaster contrast being at home to being in a hotel. They asserted that while in a hotel room, we frequently feel at peace and relaxed. Hotel rooms typically have minimal decorations, empty drawers and closets, and clean countertops. In contrast, home, complete with all its clutter, can be a difficult place to relax. It's much easier to feel anxiety and shame in our homes. We feel shame as we look around and realize we aren't immaculate housekeepers, and we have pile after pile of clutter sitting around. When we aren't working, we are shaming ourselves for the imperfections of our homes. Let's learn the lessons here. What valuable item could possibly be in that pile of junk that could justify the stress it's causing? What's the worst thing that could happen if you just put the whole pile in the garbage? My sister mentioned she has a bookshelf with so many books crammed on it, it couldn't possibly hold one more. I love this quote I found by the Unclutter Angel. Make space for the next adventure. Open up your surroundings for new possibilities. What if we made space on our bookshelf to accommodate a book we may love even more than the ones we already have on it? Having spaces so crammed full of stuff is operating from a scarcity mentality. When you feel like you can't get rid of stuff because you might need it someday, you feel powerless to change the situation. Clearing a shelf or some space on a shelf opens you up to the abundance the universe wants to give you by making yourself ready to receive it. H.G. Chisel says, clutter is a physical manifestation of fear that cripples our ability to grow. Many people want to change their clutter situation. Sometimes they wish it would all burn down so they would be forced to start fresh. But why would anyone feel this way if they could just get rid of the stuff? You may not look at it this way, but it's like the mounds of clutter are a shell of protection offering false security. I think on some level, everyone can relate to this. We all have something that strikes an emotional chord in us, brings on a fond memory, or makes us feel secure and cozy. At some point, Comfort turns into sabotage. Typically, these clutter-specific fears are in one of two areas, fear of the future or fear of the past. If you're holding on to clutter that you never use because you might someday, or worse, you believe your kids might someday, 
then you're buffering your fear for the future with false security. And if you're hoarding all of your children's toys because it pains you to think of throwing away the memories, then you're afraid of letting go of the past and being open to making an even better and more meaningful memories in the future. Memories don't have to be tangible. In fact, in today's age, they can be digital and timeless. Let's conquer that fear and get rid of the stuff. Here's my challenge to you and our habit of the month for March. 10 minutes a day or less. That's it, just 10 minutes. Pick a drawer, a shelf, a countertop, and pick 10 things to throw away or to re-gift. Imagine for a moment the compound effect of that. For a month of throwing out just 10 things a day, you will have thrown out 300 items. Well, 310 since it's March. With every item we discard, we free up space in our brains for other things. Not only do we clear or make room on a shelf for the abundance the universe has to offer us, we also make room in our brains for the abundant life available to us as our brains have empty space enough to receive it. Mental clutter can be just as stressful, if not more stressful, than physical clutter. One more piece to our decluttering challenge is to remove all distractions for that 10 minutes. I used to think as I multitasked my projects that I was working smarter rather than harder. I couldn't have been more wrong. Truly, I am like a squirrel in a room full of shiny objects when I'm multitasking. Put your phone in airplane mode and just focus on the one drawer, shelf, or countertop to declutter as much as possible in those few short minutes. Okay, until next week, please keep in mind it's these small, consistent baby steps that over time create huge and lasting change. We're creating new habits and we're consistently working on them every day. Please go to Instagram, find me at Connie Coaching, one word, Connie Coaching, to help keep our goals at the forefront of your brain. Use social media to inspire you. One thing that really inspires me when I have a goal is if I say it out loud. Just this week, I finished my six weeks of no flour and no sugar. It really helped me for other people to know what my goal was so that I had accountability. I had people asking me, how are you doing? Are you still sticking to it? And I could honestly tell them yes. It felt great. Now these goals that we're setting aren't for the praise of other people, they're for us. They're baby steps that we want to take that have a cumulative effect that over time are going to help us make big changes. But when we say it out loud and other people are holding us accountable, it helps us to be that much more rigid in sticking to our plan and on keeping the goals that we set for ourselves. One of the goals I have is to have a thousand followers on my Instagram account by the end of March. So any help you could give me, I would hugely appreciate it. Tell your friends about it. Come on there and follow me and be inspired as we do this together. And please keep inspiring me with your stories of success. I love you all and I'll see you next week.